At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey guys, this is Gail Kim from Impact Wrestling and you are listening to the 8-Bit Suplex Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special edition, uh, which could be uh, the regular edition, uh, or at least a regular occurring edition of the 8-Bit Suplex. Uh, I'm your host, Josh McLaughlin, of course. And uh, to kind of kick off a, uh, a new kind of uh, episode that we're going to be releasing, which would be kind of more focused around uh, video game reviews, uh, trying to stick with new releases, but, you know, sometimes budget is constrained. Uh, sometimes new games uh, are a little bit difficult to get, whether they be on uh, you know, PC or uh, next-gen consoles. I do have a PS5, so that kind of helps out, but then the money thing comes in. Um, but anyways, uh, joining me today is Jamie the Spectre. Spectre, Jamie, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Yeah, so uh, Jamie and I were, were talking uh, a little bit the other day about kind of uh, Resident Evil and, and getting caught up with uh, the series as a whole. Uh, and Jamie, you had kind of started uh, playing uh, Biohazard, uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, a few weeks ago, and that kind of spurned yeah, you on to uh, Village, right? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I've was. Uh, i been a fan of the series. I, I, I didn't have a PlayStation growing up. I had friends that had PlayStations and stuff, so like I'd kind of been aware of the series and played a little bit of, of 2, I think, uh, uh, just at friends' houses and stuff, but I never like really gave a i never really like really went in on the series until the remake came out on gamecube yes mm -hmm. and and then later on uh i ended up procuring a dreamcast and, and playing through some uh code veronica although i never never really but was able to finish that one yeah that, <laughs> but, one's, uh, that one's kind of weird so i don't think you're missing out too 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 much on on finishing I, that one well i enjoyed it the, the problem was like uh resident those early resident evil games you can kind of like fuck yourself over like if you don't have enough ammo for a certain boss or you left like you could like screw your save up basically and, and have to start over there was like a there was yeah, <laughs> some of those yeah. and back in the days of like uh, you know before you know kids these days they won't uh recognize but there was a time where you actually had to manually save your game you didn't have auto saves and things like that going on and well and yeah you you would you know you'd get yourself to a point you think okay i'm gonna save but then if you didn't save an extra file, yeah, you bet you could back yourself into a corner. And, and back then you had limitations on how many things you could save. Because well, well, and those games specifically had like this save where you, you couldn't just save willy nilly. You had to, you know, get the type, the typewriter ink ribbon. So the yeah. saves were purposely like that was a game mechanic. But uh, I'm trying to remember if Code Veronica had that. I, I don't remember. I want to say it did. Um, 
but I mean, it's been many moons since I played Code Veronica, and, and it's not yeah. necessarily one that I necessarily plan on going back to. Uh, but if they do a remake uh, treatment like they have for two and three, maybe I'll go back to it. Um, but yeah. just you know, a little bit of history for the series for you know maybe if if anybody's tuning in that uh, isn't familiar, Resident Evil is uh, a game uh, that was uh, created by Capcom. Uh, back in 1996 for the PlayStation, as Jamie mentioned earlier, um, in Japan, it was called Biohazard. Uh, and then when I came over here, um, it is actually uh, switched to Resident Evil. Uh, a name I assume is, is based off of the fact that it takes place in the Spencer Mansion. Um, I didn't play Resident Evil until the port of Resident Evil 2 for the Nintendo 64. Um, which was oh, wow. very clunky. Um, <laughs> That's an insane port, though. Like It's that not good. It's that, not well, good. that port is, but it's like insane, right? Because it has all that full motion video like on the cartridge, which is like wild that they pulled that off on an N64 cartridge. Yeah, and, and, and frame rate drops a lot in that port and it's very, it's, it's very That's clanky. Crazy. So like for me, like I didn't, I, I'm similar to you that like, my first real deep dive into it did come with that Resident Evil remake on the GameCube, um, mm-hmm. which I remember playing that game at the time thinking like the textures and, and the graphics that they were able to kind of pull on that game um, was just something I had never really seen before. Like the, I, at the time, yeah. I felt like it was the best game, best looking game that I had ever played. And a lot of that had to do with the, uh, and if we could talk about some of the old, how the controls have shifted right over the years but the tank controls that you had where everything was you moving through a set place right so there was no right uh, the camera didn't have to move with you it didn't have to render everything constantly the backgrounds were set uh and so i think that that lent itself uh beautifully to the, you know the early on being higher uh graphic uh better looking games yeah i mean uh i have the i recently played so when the um the remake of two came out what was it, a couple years ago now. I yeah, had, I think about uh, two, three years. I, I had I had never actually went and played two except for bits and pieces, you know, when I was like nine years old or whatever on, on PlayStation. And uh, I I wanted to go back and play that uh, remake again, but I didn't have a GameCube. But um, at that time, I think Steam had it for like five dollars, like the the re remake, basically the remastered remake. So and what was cool was like. You play that and it's the it's like basically the same game. Like they didn't really have to do too much work to it. They just kind of upscaled the pre-rendered background, so it looked and it already looked great on GameCube. So just on a HD TV, it it works really well and it looks great. And um, I don't know if you've if you've gone back and played that the the remastered version of the remake. They actually have an option to toggle off the tank controls, so it. Really? It makes the game so much easier because <laughs> you could just like turn it off and you can strafe around zombies and it's just like way, way easier to navigate and it just yeah. makes the game. It kind of takes away from the game a little bit, but it does make for just a, a an easier, more relaxing playthrough. They also have the ability to toggle on or off if you want to use ink ribbons or if you just want to save whenever you want. Yeah, um, I have so seen... That- I have seen a lot of games do that with their remasters, right? Kind of make it mm-hmm. a little bit more accessible. Maybe if it's a second playthrough or a third playthrough, like you just want to experience it again. Um, Square does that a lot with their Final Fantasy uh, remasters. Like you can basically turn on a mode that you're like always limit break or uh, no yeah. enemy encounters, like stuff like that. You can turn on in those to just kind of you know replay. Um, 
but no, I, I actually haven't gone back on Resident Evil and, and maybe I should at some point um, because I, I mean, they're really interesting games and, you know, they, the late nineties, they turned them out pretty quick because you have the original in 96 um, and then you have two in 98, three in 99 and then Code Veronica in 2000. So they, they, this became a yearly release for Capcom just turning these out. Um, right. And then, you know, 2002 is when you and I kind of start getting into it with the Resident Evil remake on the GameCube. Uh, that same year, they also released Resident Evil Zero. Um, and I, I know that you had mentioned previously that you hadn't played it. Uh, I did play through yeah, I it. I want to go back to that one, yeah. It's a really, it, it's, it, it's interesting and it only works because of the tank controls um, because you can tank control with two characters on the same gamepad. Um mm-hmm. And so you have two uh, you have uh, two characters that you're controlling in that game. Um, it was it was interesting. Um, it takes place uh, as the number zero would indicate, kind of before slash coinciding with the events of the first Resident Evil game. Um, so it's pretty good. Um, after that, you Did don't you... get another one for several years. So I mean, I was gonna say. Yeah, before you move on to some of the, the more modern ones, did you ever yeah. play any of the weird, like, offshoot, like, PS2? I think there was, like, that online-only one, uh, Outbreak, I think it's what it was I called. Didn't, I didn't play Outbreak. Um, uh, I think there was one, like, Survivor is, like, another one. Um, yeah. That's that's right around the same time that Code Veronica uh, comes out. I didn't play those. I did play, and, and this is maybe getting a, a little ahead of ourselves but you know whatever um the the we had a rail shooter uh series the first one was umbrella chronicles and the other one was dark side chronicles that's right um, yeah. where you basically played through the events of the first few games but on a rail shooter um and it was i think a way to try and capitalize on the Wii hardware and the motion sensors that oh know, yeah and, and try and resell games that they didn't have to really develop more on, just change it to a rail shooter. Oh my um, God. I hope they use some of the uh, the live action footage from that first PlayStation release. No, they did like an American Laser Games style, like Resident Evil shooter. That would have been so good. That that's, that would have been better than what Dark Side Chronicles and Umbrella Chronicles were. Um, <laughs> because those, those words were, I mean, if you if you put the Wiimote uh, into the like kind of zapper holder like to make it look more like the old Nintendo light gun, it was somewhat enjoyable. And if you had it was two player, so if you had somebody else with you, mm-hmm. like you know the Wii's right at the cusp of where we stopped playing games together in the same house. Um, so it's um, it it has its 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 own value that way, but it's not a good game. I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, I'd rather just go play Time Crisis in the arcade. Um, but <laughs> I, you know, I've always heard. So I I um I never owned a Wii, uh, but I always heard the Wii was like surprisingly like kind of the best way to play four. Yeah, uh, I know we're about to talk about that in a second here, but like because of you because of the way four has kind of that precision aiming mechanic and how that maps to the motion control, I've always wanted to try that. Um, I just never owned a Wii. Yeah, so uh, you're in your right. We're going to talk about four, but before we move on to that, like there's there's game staples like series staples that come from these first uh three four titles if you include code veronica um where you have uh the tank controls you have the nemesis uh type creature right uh we see this play out in in later titles where there's a a 
uh, an ominous uh, presence, an evil presence that kind of follows you around the game. And if you linger too long, he just shows up, um, which for me uh, as a kid, Resident Evil 3 was a huge no-no because of Nemesis. I couldn't handle it. <laughs> I was just like, I'm out of here. <laughs> never went in on three. I just, uh, I, that, that remake came out and I, I never played it. I should probably go and play that one. I think it yeah, actually Mr. might Mr. be X on sale sure. right now on PlayStation store. I don't know if it is on other, I imagine Capcom puts their sales on, on all platforms. So oh, yeah. definitely worth I'll, looking I'll wait. I'll wait for like a steam sale or something. Or yeah, like, exactly. You probably get for under 20 bucks uh, at some point, I'm sure. Uh, but so we move into, that I, I kind of split up to 2000 and then post 2000 uh, Resident Evil games kind of like, oh, I guess post 2002 because of the Resident Evil uh, remake and Resident Evil Zero. Um, but 2005, uh, right at really the end um, of the GameCube and, and kind of moving towards that next wave of systems, uh, Capcom throws out Resident Evil 4, um, which... Uh, most people will tell you is the best resident evil game uh, i think if you're people that are longtime fans of the series i get it yeah it, it makes total sense right it, it combines mm-hmm. what we have now in the present day which is and we'll get into this more a uh, bit more run and gun and then it also has a lot of uh, not a complete departure from the tank controls um but it's a much more fluid control and the camera now is over your shoulder and a true third person view versus those set scenes that we've had uh, the entire way. Yeah. It's a real interesting, I remember when that was coming out and, you know, that was also like, uh, you know, story-wise, it was a breakaway from like the Umbrella and the G Corporation, at least from the outset, from the right. the, the, the slow zombie, you know, I guess they're still slow, but like the, um, the traditional zombies to like the weird cult-like figures in Spain, it was like a complete, complete departure for the series and I just remember that being like a huge deal at the time. Um, yeah, and that's a and that's a good point too. Like at this point, we hadn't seen anything but these, uh, you know, basically Raccoon City um, and, and seeing the Spencer Mansion and some of the areas around there. Uh, basically, uh, you know, because the the they try to contain the outbreak. You know, there's there's nukes involved and, and all kinds of you know fun stuff. <laughs> right. The Resident there's, Evil story is right. Like, it's it's. I, like oh you know, Capcom God. Capcom loves to throw out wild stories sometimes, and Resident Evil is, is definitely no exception to that rule. Um, but so you, they're right. You move to Spain, uh, or at least I don't know if they actually say it's Spain, but it's it's like Spanish countryside, you know, kind of right. rural. Um, and you are uh, Leon Kennedy, who uh, I believe we see him for the first time since two um, in this mm-hmm. one. So he he. And that's the other thing with Resident Evil is protagonists, they're there and then they're not. Um, uh, so, and then I think, correct me if I'm wrong, in the original Resident Evil, I think you can choose between Barry or Jill. No, it was Jill and Chris. Was it Jill and Chris? In the, in the, yeah, Bar- Barry's I in the remake, it, they changed it. A, no, it's still Barry and Chris. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, no, uh, Jill and Chris. They're, Jill and Chris, the two, okay. Yeah, they're the two protagonists um in the first game barry's in the mansion with you but he's a he's a story character he's not a playable character no, the there might have been maybe in the remake you could like unlock, unlock him, him as a secret right. character or something but he's not a uh he was not a main playable character 
perfect. Thank you for for keeping me on to, on point there because it, <laughs> it gets a little confusing. Um, it does, yeah. It kind of doesn't <laughs> matter to be honest. It's like whatever, <laughs> right? So you know, uh, and then number two, you have Claire Redfield, uh, who is the sister of Chris Redfield, who goes to look for him, and that's why she's there. And then uh, Leon Kennedy is in, in Resident Evil Two on his first day or so on the job. Uh, hell of a, yeah. Hell of, hell of a first day on the job to go to Raccoon City and, <laughs> and deal with a zombie outbreak. But now we see he's uh, he's kind of a big to-do in Resident Evil 4. He's sent to Spain mm-hmm. to save the president's daughter. Um, and then when he gets there, he finds uh, mutated uh, hosts uh, that have... Uh, it's more... This is where we kind of shift more towards the plant-oriented uh, virus outbreak. And we see, you know, uh, what is, I, I believe, to be probably the hardest first 10 minutes of a resident evil game uh in that first <laughs> that first village they it's send, so good oh it's, it's so good it, it's heart pumping it's tense you don't know the controls yet really at that point yeah it's it's familiar but it's not and then like the guys with the chainsaw and the bag over their head come out uh it's uh-huh. intense i think the first maybe what is it i guess the first like couple hours of of resident evil 4 are probably some of the best opening of any video game like i think that's what sticks in a lot of people's heads and why they like it so much because yeah. that opening section is just like incredible it's right so, up it's until so that lake long. monster like i think that lake monster is where it kind of uh where you're harpooning well, the lake monster it's kind of where it kind of takes you a little bit out of that tenseness um, yeah. and into that more kind of okay we're going to be doing some more different things here right well i was yeah that might be getting a little bit further ahead i was thinking like okay. just up to the chainsaw guy okay. you know the guy with the bag on his head and the chainsaw and you're like moving bookcases in front of the windows and you kind of right. like you said you're still at that point you have like barely any ammo you don't know what you're doing yet and it's like it's super intense uh and uh but yeah i mean that whole game is incredible like uh it's personally not my favorite in the series i think i'd probably lead more towards uh the the two remake just for me personally that type of game yeah. But four is an incredible game, especially for the time. It was super influential. I think I want to say it was like one of the early games to kind of bring in the uh, uh, like that trend of all of the quick time events in like more modern mm-hmm. action games. Because mm-hmm. I remember that happening and it being like kind of a unique thing. I, I know it wasn't like the first game to do that, but it was definitely like one of the early ones around the it's right there in thousands and it was definitely the first one to do it in a survival horror genre for Mm -hmm. sure i'm trying to think kind of it's right around that yeah yeah, it's right around that same time god of war really popularized the um right mechanics of the quick time event but with resident evil like you had never been able to like fight zombies off with anything other than a horrible knife action or mm-hmm. you know your limited ammo and then in this one now leon can roundhouse kick zombies in the face um <laughs> and, and and that was cool um and the, the the in the entry after that it gets a little bit ridiculous with the, with the re uh reintroduction of chris redfield yeah and five um and we'll get to that and and i do want to talk about too um resident evil 4 um it is you know you only have the one person to choose from but it comes out on the GameCube originally. Then it's ported to the Wii with motion controls, and it's wildly popular there. And then they were they also ported it to the PS2. Um, and now they're That's working on. Go ahead. That's, That's why I played it on the on the PS2. Yeah. Okay. So 
you have that, and then you have uh, obviously a PC version. You also you have uh, rem- on every console. Yeah, on it's on the digital. It's system. on the digital store now for everything. Um, it's on Switch. Yeah, they put it on Switch uh, for the Nintendo eShop, um, and then it also uh, is getting remade in VR. Um, so for like the <laughs> Oculus and things. So I mean, it, Capcom's getting a ton of mileage out of this game. And rightfully so. It's it's a really good game to, to kind of keep on reimagining. And I, I'd hope that they don't do a full remake like they have with two and three for a while on this one. It's go- I think it's inevitable. I think it's that'll inevitable. Happen. But I just yeah. hope it waits a little bit. Um <laughs> just because they've they've done so much. I mean, listen, I'm gonna buy it, Jamie. I, I just am. It's when it, oh, when they, for whenever, sure. whenever it happens, it's gonna be a buy it for me. Like um, I mean, the remakes have been. I mean, I haven't played the th- the three remake, but two was awesome. So, and yeah. and I guess the first the first going back to the GameCube, the Resident Evil one. So, I mean, Capcom has a really good track record of making really good Resident Evil remakes. So, oh, they yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, they absolutely do. I'll definitely play a four remake. Yeah. So, and and we get kind of now to this point where uh, Resident Evil it's not a yearly release anymore. Obviously, the different the time between zero and four was three years. Now we get four uh, four years in between a, a main uh, numerical title. Uh, of course, the the aforementioned uh, Umbrella Chronicles comes out in this uh, span as well because the Wii uh, needs some uh, games to you know utilize motion controls for whatever reason. Uh, but then and then there get, was some portable games, correct? Um, uh, there are some. Is there are some after five. Well, so I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of skipping around some of the Game Boy. Uh, I think the first handheld Resident Evil game was a game on Game Boy Color, um, okay. which I don't. I, I mean, survival horror on a Game Boy is just not going to be a thing, <laughs> well, right? I'm, so I guess I was think I was jumping right ahead to PSDS and PSP at this time, like between four and five. I think there was like a PSP, like like Revelations <sighs> or something. Revelations comes that. out later so that comes out yeah that comes out after five and so does the mercenaries 3d which is a playoff of a uh a really popular game mode uh that i believe originates in four i believe four yeah when mercenaries Mercenaries starts four um so yeah so we have five next and i don't know if you remember jamie how much controversy was kind of surrounding five um because it does take place now in Africa for the first time in the series. Right. Um, and there was a lot of like, wow, you're just kind of running through slaughtering African villages. Um, and, and there was not a whole lot of like the first trailer didn't really show them like affected by the virus uh, as much. So it really just looks like you were just Chris Redfield, uh, white manning it up through African villages. And there was, <laughs> there was, I, I do remember i do remember that i i remember that in the trailer making a big deal out of like it's in the daytime look how bright it is like right that's also a big part of the game <laughs> yeah so this is where resident evil like capcom has this idea that they want to kind of push this into horror action more so um yeah. this game i don't remember uh playing five well, the- ever like needing ammo ever did you did you play five uh co-op or did you play it i played it i played it solo man that's that is definitely not the way to play (laughs) this is one of those games where that makes the it's such a big difference like in in the quality of the experience because yeah i played it maybe like halfway through by myself and i was like this kind of sucks like i wasn't into it 
um, just because the AI of the the co-op uh, character was like not it's, great. It's horrible. Like, yeah, yeah, managing two inventories, it like was it just like wasn't fun. Um, but as soon as you play with another person, it just like it makes it much better. It's a uh, it's still it's probably I should go back and try to play a co-op again and. I yeah, bet I mean, you have to find someone to, that will play co-op with you, but uh, <laughs> that, that also has yeah. the game still. Um, but yeah, I mean, you do have Chris Redfield back uh, in this one, and then a uh, character that's used uh, quite literally once in this game, and I don't believe she's brought back. At least I don't remember her being brought back. She might have been in six. I don't remember. Man, I really don't remember uh, six. Um, Sheva? I never played uh, six. Yeah, I, I think Sheva was only in five um but I, I maybe i'll correct myself when we get to talking about sex and, and we won't really spend much time talking about sex uh, because there's <laughs> yeah she's not in yeah. sex i just checked um because i i, skipped I really <laughs> I, I jamie i played that game all the way through um and i don't remember much of it other than it just being bonkers right so yeah um but yeah just to, to put a bow on on a resident evil 5 it, it became the most memed resident evil um because during the end game uh portion of it when you're fighting wesker uh you know spoiler alert i guess um chris redfield can literally punch boulders um and (laughs) it was just like at at no point in resident evil was it ever kind of like thought that the protagonist had any kind of special powers or abilities or anything like because they were just normal people trying to save the world from this you know this madman and this corporation right the uh progenitor virus right (laughs) <laughs> right so but you know it, it, it's but yeah i mean it's like literally like mash the a button and and it's not like he pushes the boulder he literally pulls back and just like throws a right hook at a boulder and, and knocks it uh away it's it's strange it's real dumb yeah yeah but... <laughs> so but critically, spe- critically speaking like you know the 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 critics really like this is kind of where Resident Evil hits a, a really rough couple of years as far as the critics are concerned. Um, it it starts like an identity crisis. It's it like, was. Everyone, it was. Everyone loved four so much, but then like five is kind of mixed because I think the co-op, it is a very fun co-op game, but a lot of the things that you had mentioned with like the boulder punching and the just how off the rails it is in terms of like, is it this a survival of horror? Is this action? Right. What is? I don't even know what this is. I mean, it's yeah. borderline a superhero game at the end. I mean, basically, really, yeah, it basically becomes that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, they and there's so much pressure, I think, too, from four being so successful, everyone loving it. It's getting perfect scores in Game Informer. It's getting perfect scores in every publication, major publication. Um, and then you have Umbrella Chronicles. Nobody likes it. You have Resident <laughs> Evil Five. Nobody likes it. I mean, it's it's kind of rocks in those like six and sevens, right? That's where it kind of starts getting. Uh, I think some people like like it was fine. It was it was like compared to some of the high points of the series. Compared to four, I guess certainly it was like this is a letdown. But yeah, I don't I, think it was, and, I don't think five is a bad game. No, I don't think it's bad either. Um, but it definitely takes a turn because this is where Capcom right. thinks. Okay, maybe we did. Maybe the problem isn't. Uh, that we left the survival horror part of it. Maybe it's the problem that we didn't do enough action. Um, and that mm-hmm. winds up being the absolute wrong thought. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> before we even get to six, uh, in the same year actually that six comes out, we have a squad based third person shooter um, 
with Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City. Um, uh, if you which, say so, I've never yeah, heard of this. It's it's a game that like everyone's <laughs> like, oh, this could be interesting, and then the second it was released, everyone's like, no, not interesting at all. And in fact, it's very boring. Um, but this was Capcom trying to capitalize on like the success of Gears of War, um, of, right. of similar you know kind of you know third person squad based shooting. Um, so it, it it definitely uh, was an attempt at something different, um, but being wildly unsuccessful. And speaking of wildly unsuccessful, we're at Resident Evil Six now, Jamie. Um, <laughs> if you, if you know you, what, I, before you say anything, because this game is kind of like infamous of just being pretty terrible. Just like this is a widely regarded like just bad game. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I've never played it, so it's like I, I don't want to personally say that, but just yeah. from all I remember when that came out, I was very excited about it, uh, and just because they were. I don't know if you remember the marketing for it. They're like, we're going to, we're going to wrap up the story. It's all at Leon yep. is back. We're bringing back all the old characters. And it's like, they tried to do, they're like, we're going to have some old resident evil in some sections. We're going to have some new resident evil. So they tried to do like everything. And then I remember some of those early reviews coming out and be like, Oh, I sh- I don't need to play this. <laughs> this looks yeah. Real bad. Yeah. So <laughs> Here's it, the, the weird part, right? I remember too that one of the big things was it was like, oh, Resident Evil's going global because it takes place, the game takes place at everywhere on, on the globe at the same time. Um, right. And yeah, and so like you have, you know, Leon, uh, so there's three different campaigns. Um, right. The, the Leon campaign, you have uh, the more traditional survival horror um, type game. Then you have the Chris Redfield um, storyline, which is just straight up running gun. Like it is straight up an action game. And then you have a Jake Muller campaign. Now you may ask yourself, who's Jake Muller? And you'd be well within right to do that. Uh, He's the bastard son of Wester. um, Who's just randomly a good guy. Uh, He's, you know, he, he's not a part of the series before. He's not a part of the series after, um, which sucks because, you know, he is voiced by Troy Baker, who is a great voice actor. Um, but yeah, you have, you know, it's three campaigns. It's they try to weave them in and out of each other. Um, it, it's a it's an ambitious attempt. Josh, if, if I go into this saying like, OK, I know this is a compared to the, I guess, pedigree of what Resident Evil could be and and, and kind of got back to at a certain point. If I kind of go into this, like knowing that, hey, this is kind of a trash game, like, will I still have fun with it at least? I think so. I, I It's not, again, I, when you look at Resident Evil games, we always, and, and myself included, we always tend to look at the series as a whole and say, where does this one stack rank within the series? Whereas mm-hmm. if, if it's not tied to Resident Evil, if we just say this is a game that happens and it's a global zombie apocalypse that you're trying to stop and there's shooting, there's parts where you have to sneak by or maybe you're scarce on you know resources. Uh, I think it, it's fine. The individual parts work. The parts as a whole do not, if that makes okay. sense. So right. I, you, know, you have three incomplete campaigns um instead of just what the way i would have liked them to approach it instead would it be 
you play one campaign and then you each mission is different people that you're controlling versus having three separate campaigns and you have to play through all of that campaign with that character to okay and then you could play through all of that campaign as the other character and then if you're still haven't given up you play through the third campaign with the, that's you know, so that's so interesting because i think one of the at least when you when i think about resident evil at least from one, some of the better games like four to the first game like the the even some of the newer games that we'll get to in a second um one of the best parts i think about the series as a whole uh is the pacing of it like it's yeah. they're so well paced like four we didn't talk about it really but like i think i mean it there's some I, it slogs a little bit but i feel like for the most part it's just a very tight game like you're and i you know that's one of the things i like about eight so much it's just so it's it's so well paced oh um, the, the pacing in eight is great it seems like six kind of broke that a little bit yes. <laughs> trying to split everything out. And uh, that sounds frustrating. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely was. Um, so, but you know, the good news is, is that Capcom learns from this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not before we get revelations two uh, as a follow-up to uh, revelations and, and not before we get another, you know, tactical shooter uh, umbrella corpse. Um, but then we, we kind of see, Capcom say, okay, how do we do the survival horror that everyone wants? And Mm -hmm. how do we make it in a way that is fresh and new and, you know, leaves, you know, brings, welcomes in new players and old players. Um, And then, you know, we get Resident Evil uh, 7, uh, which is, you know, got the uh, subtitle Biohazard. I think this is it's interesting because now you're in a, you're controlling a uh, again a protagonist that you've never seen before, uh, and Ethan Winters, and actually you, uh, a protagonist that you don't see, uh, which is is unusual, um, but you are now in a first person uh, shooter, and I think that that is a it was a move at the time that everyone was like why are they doing first person, uh, but I, I actually really enjoy it. I think when uh, I remember seeing some of the early footage of it, this is like, I thought it was pretty smart because I think Capcom was like, like we talked about the identity crisis and especially after six, it's like, what is he, what is Resident Evil even these days? And Capcom took a hard look at kind of the current state of survival horror at that point. What was it? 2017 that came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking the PT phenomenon, which was all in first person uh outlast uh amnesia these types of games that are just kind of came out from pt not so much but some of these more (laughs) indie titles that were first person they were more about you you have no weapons you've got a flashlight you're managing batteries you're managing like the you know the, the lighting and stuff and it's it's just getting back to the roots of pure survival horror less right. act, like barely any action amnesia you can't even fight back i don't think in that first game um, no i don't believe you can and, so, and uh, did you i want to ask this before we get too far on did you play the demo for seven before seven came out i i didn't i okay it was one of those things that i was like planning on doing and i just like never did <laughs> like yeah, didn't get it, around to it it was really cool because it was a it was unique in the sense that it was a demo yes um but it's none of it takes place in game 
Um, Interesting. Yeah. So like so PT, basically. Basically, right. Yeah, exactly. So you um, you are a film crew or you're a part of a film crew that goes to check out this house in Louisiana. Right. And so you go through this whole thing and then, you know, the end of the demo is winds up is, you know, the, the main villain uh, of the game takes you out. Uh, and then I guess uh, there's an Easter egg uh, in seven where you can actually watch the footage of what that film team, that film crew caught before they got taken out. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, that, that became like a pretty, I mean, I, cause uh, I went, when did, did you played seven when it came out? Right. Or years ago yeah yeah I, okay. I, I, it's not fresh on my mind right so i mean that uh i'm trying to that became like kind of a core game mechanic you're finding these videotapes and then having yeah. to watch them throughout the game they're kind of peppered it happens a few times and it was i thought that was super interesting and it's yeah, a mechanic it, they didn't really bring back for eight i guess the setting right. didn't really make sense but no and and, uh, and they didn't do the demo that way either like and, and that's like tying your demo into the main game that way is uh, it was a good way, I think, to get everyone used totally. to the mechanic. It was a good way to get a story reason to do it um, mm -hmm. and not ruin the fact that, like, oh, you're, but you were Ethan here, but you're not there, but you never were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we get into this, the, the Winters family uh, storyline here um, with Resident Evil Biohazard or Resident Evil 7. It, it starts this new convention of naming where they're kind of phasing. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success out the numbers kind of um resident evil 8 most they people just call it resident evil village right right exactly <laughs> yeah. and, and and actually uh with with seven uh if you look at resident evil the the font is in white until the vii is in orange signifying the seven mm -hmm. so it is i mean resident evil 7 biohazard just like this is resident evil village but the v-i-l-l of course uh would be the roman numeral eight I thought it was cool how because seven is kind of a soft reboot, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it. Uh, I liked how they, in Japan, it's called Biohazard colon Resident Evil. In the U.S., it's Resident <laughs> Evil colon. I'm like, that's a that's interesting. That's they they did it. That's create. I thought that was creative. Um, yeah. No, it definitely is, especially since you know these games have all been Biohazard over there, so right. it doesn't make any sense for <laughs> for them to have a game called Biohazard Seven Biohazard. Yeah. Um, although hey, i mean there's there's crazier names for games in japan i'm sure um right so what were your thoughts on seven overall you know it, it's it's really good um i i feel like it's definitely back into the scarier portion uh, of the series there's a lot more tense like walking through the house and and walking you know some of these different settings um village uh kind of takes a step back away from the scary stuff in my opinion mm -hmm. um with the exception of, of one major small part um but seven I, I i think it's pretty good um right I, I wouldn't put it above four in my in my mind as far as like favorites because i i mean i'll bear the i kind of bury the lead earlier but four is kind of my favorite uh of the series as well uh as i know it's a, a very you know not uh not unique opinion um but yeah no game. i 
I, I think that seven really does, like you said, soft reboot in a very good way in a very good game um, and sets us up to where we are now at village. And then also where resident evil nine uh, will be kind of in the future as well. Um, right. And introduces more of a supernatural element to uh, what's happening versus um, you know, in the past, it was always Umbrella Corporation with the T virus, and and there's, so now it's a little uh, bit different. It's kind of yeah. They they still tie it back to a. It's still a, a virus at the end of the day. Like, right, the mold. Yeah, um, the mold. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I definitely thought. I think seven is like the most like creepy of all of the games. Now, like even up to eight, it's still like the like just from start to finish it's like the creepiest title out of all of them and it but it's still like what's cool about it is even though like on the outset you look at all these things like moving to first person it being a a creepier tone you're kind of dealing with like one core group of villains rather than like all of like you know different types of like bosses and stuff throughout or whatever right uh like like the family like it's a completely different depart like it's a big departure for the series but like then when you start playing, you're like, oh, and then, you know, in the beginning, it's like, it's like amnesia where you're hiding from uh, Jack Baker and right. like, you don't have any like weapon, you can't fight him because he's invincible. So you're like hiding from him. So it's like, okay, this is like their take on amnesia or whatever. Um, and then you start playing it more and it's like, you're finding dog's heads and you're having like, you're having to hold up like wooden falcons up to <laughs> shadows to open doors in this right. like random louisiana house it's like okay this is still resident evil like right. you walk into the save room and it's got like the weird the resident evil one like calm music because you're invincible in the save room with the right like they did such a good job of kind of like walking that line of like this is a complete departure but then also as you play the game they start bringing in like more and more elements and then by the end of the game like you're meeting up with Chris and yeah, I was like, gonna say like it, it doesn't even feel like it's in the same universe at times, um, right? Until you kind of and then next thing you know, Chris Redfield's there. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And then tying in like where the biohazard component because like yeah, up to then it's like this could be supernatural. Like I don't know what's the deal with this family. Why am I seeing this like creepy? The, the do you remember the? Uh, the, the grandma of the family, you know, without getting into spoilers, she just like randomly shows up mm-hmm. in places of the house. And you're like, what is up with this grandma? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's kind of that, it kind of brings up like almost that, that uh, a callback to that old nemesis uh, game mechanic. Right. Where like, you know, you just randomly, and I think Jack Baker does, he shows up randomly too to, right. to kind of walk around the house. And it's just like, yeah, like seven, seven definitely puts you on that tightrope of emotion. Like, that you're you just like what's around the corner i don't know like yeah so it 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 definitely sets you up to i think really experience village and it's really like to me and 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 i don't know if you are on the same page here like these feel definitely not just because of the same protagonist but the two most closely related games as far as the story goes even though they're all numerically in order these actually feel in order right um, this feels like if they're going if there's if they're going to be following up on on village in in whatever next game that they do like this feels like a basically almost like a self-contained trilogy that's a part of the wider fabric of the resident evil lore 
so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and and so from what I understand and what I've read, the Resident Evil Nine will be a part of the same, you know, Winter's family. Okay. Obviously, without getting into spoilers, it will be a different playable character. Um, mm-hmm. And from like what I, what I appreciate too about this is that Capcom took these three games seven eight and then nine and kind of map them out ahead of time which i don't think that they necessarily have done um with their previous numerical releases for the oh, series definitely not so you know <laughs> like like nine started production <laughs> in 2018 so they had no idea what was going to happen with the, with the reception of a village um mm-hmm. but they i mean they were working on these games simultaneously so i, I assume uh probably 22 or 23 Late 22, early 23 is probably when we'll see Resident Evil 9. Uh, but at that point, it'll be in production for almost five years, um, oh. which is not something they normally do uh, with Resident Evil. So uh, I expect I, probably yeah. a, a pretty damn good game uh, if they're going to spend that much time on it. And the, the engine that they have running for these newer next-gen Resident Evil games, you know, st- I think starting with 7 and then they iterated it on it in 2 and then 3, the, the remakes. Mm-hmm. Um, like you get to 8, it's like I mean, I had some some issues on PC, but it's like very. I feel like it's very polished. It's a really yeah. good engine. They, they're Did able you, to do a lot with it. And and this is a good kind of segue into Village in general, because um, mm-hmm. you played it on PC, I played it on PS5. Did you have any frame rate drop uh, when oh, there was like ton? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, noticeably, when uh, in the early part of the game, when you're in the uh, uh, was it Damatress the castle? Lady Damatresky's uh, castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're after, you're having to fight the uh, the the three daughters, the the fly daughters. Yeah, that 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 my uh, that was pretty resource intensive. <laughs> it was no, frame, it definitely was. Drops. Yeah, yeah. no, um, like I didn't have too much of that um, on the PS5 actually. Um, even like, and there was times where like you know, like thirty lichens are like trying to take you out, and you're like mm-hmm. trying to like run and gun. Um, but no, I, I, from what I can tell, at least from my experience on the PS5 and with what I've read on the PC and, and your own account, like for the most part, though, the game performs pretty well, uh, yeah. despite what it's it pushing fine. out, you know? Yeah. And, um, and to be fair, I'm, I was running this at like pretty high settings with like ray tracing on <laughs> in like 120 right, right. FPS. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to do like, I've got an OLED. I'm trying to do like everything to the max. So right. uh, definitely uh, had some issues there, especially uh, with the this latest batch of NVIDIA drivers. It's probably, uh, I don't know how much is the drivers, how much is game optimization. Right, yeah. And and I, I don't know either. And PC, PCs, uh, you know, I am not a big PC gamer. I, I never really have been. I've been more so in the past. I'm not sure what settings they're running stuff at now uh, that would be comparable to what the PS5 is putting out. But uh, I think I played uh, the default was, you know, 30 frames per second uh, with ray tracing. Um, So it was pretty smooth, pretty good gameplay. Um, Unfortunately, right now, the the display that I'm playing it on, my PS5 on right now, and it's a total waste, it's just a 1080p TV. Um, My my 4K TV is currently in storage. so <laughs> which I'm, i've like contemplated like pulling it out just to put it on because like i'm like it's killing me and now i'm playing like the new ratchet and clank game uh, rift apart and then that game is just absolutely gorgeous um but yeah it, this game was this game resident evil village uh looks gorgeous you know um yeah it looks it's great it's very like yeah it, it 
it hurts your hands to play it just from the visuals. Uh, not not anything that the game's doing, but like early on, like I we should say, like you know, it, the fact that Ethan Winters continues on despite everything that happens to his hands. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I understand the choice. Like it is kind of a meme, I guess, at this point, and it's a little silly. But it's like when you're in first person, how do you show? How do you show like, oh, the, look how much right. punishment the character is taking? Like. Uh, and it, and it also like, too the it, only thing you can see is your hand right. and it also too kind of um, points to what is revealed uh, in game spoiler alert um, where uh, and I will I will talk a minor spoiler here well, I guess not really a minor but somewhat major spoiler here um, is that you know we find out that that Ethan is basically a mold man um, who, <laughs> who who dies in the events of seven Um and so like the part where Dimitrescu slices off your hand and you go and you take it and you kind of like screw it back on. I was like, all right, this is kind of weird. I, I like, I didn't, it, I didn't put two and two together that that was happening. Right. And the game was trying to tell us that the whole time. It, it's not very well explained. Like the way the mold works. It's like sometimes no. you turn into a weird poop monster. Sometimes you're <laughs> like a giant vampire lady. Like I don't, right. it's, it's resident evil it's just going to be like i don't know there's a, it's a bioweapon like right and then they just do whatever they want right. like it's like oh you're you're the perfect matter. toast so yeah it, but, it doesn't matter <laughs> it's like, yeah and it's and it's and it's thrown in the middle of a game where you think you see your wife shot to pieces your daughter your baby your infant daughter gets kidnapped right off the rip so uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have kids. That's, that's a chord that strikes with me like immediately. Right. Like I'm like, okay, got to get that kid back. And then after and that, it was, uh, Chris Redfield that took the kid. Yes. Shoots up your wife. Yes. And so that's like the huge, like, what the fuck? Like, you're just like your bioterrorist oh wife. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so it's, it's all very, very strange. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it, it puts a nice bow on, on, um, on kind of the events of seven throughout the throughout village um and especially at the end and it sets up nine very nicely um and it does leave you kind of thinking like you know what kind of happens between eight and then the end credit scene of eight and then into nine where they go from here um but yeah i i mean for me and, and I want to get your thoughts kind of like what your favorite dungeon uh, was, because this is a, it is a bit of a linear game, but it, it, you do have a hub world that expands it after each thing, right. giving you the ability to go and, and get additional items. Um, but um, I do really enjoy, I, I didn't enjoy Dimitrescu's castle that much. Cause I hate the nemesis mechanic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think probably for me, I, I actually really enjoyed, uh, the uh, the last uh, dungeon, uh, which is yeah, the, the uh, metal guy. I can't remember his name. Um, uh, Heisenberg. Heisenberg. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed uh, the the puzzles and in the going of the different floors, and it was a bit more um, survival horror kind of thing. There is a dungeon. Uh, the second dungeon's pretty much a straight horror. There's no combat in it at all, um, mm-hmm. and I thought that was interesting too. But what was what was kind of your uh, your favorite? Uh, I, I think the second one was my favorite. It was definitely the most like memorable out of all of yeah. them. It was just, if this is like, so I played PT and it was like, 
I was super stoked for that game. I, I was like, this is super creative. It was terrifying. Just like what those lot, like the way in, in these first person games where there's like a photorealistic, long, creepy hallway. Yeah. And you just have to walk forward. <laughs> like we're going to see this. I think this is going to be in like every horror game. That's first person. <laughs> like, cause it's very effective. It's like, it is. Um, no. And you have to, and it's the way PT utilized that, and you're kind of going in a loop, and then weird, creepy stuff happens. They, it seemed like that second area in, um, in uh, Village was like straight out of that playbook, you know, um, going through those hallways and stuff. <laughs> what was, and what was man, your first, your first thoughts when you saw that fetus monster? <laughs> the fetus monster. Uh, I was just like, all right, this is uh, like, you know, like, cause, cause leading up to it, when you first walk into that house uh, and it's like, no, there's no enemies. You're just kind of walking around, you're collect your, there's really not much to collect in terms of items, which is pretty rare for at least this game. Like there's items yeah. everywhere. Um, and it's real creepy and there's long hallways and it's like, okay, this is going to be in my head. I'm just like, something's going to be chasing me when the lights are off and I'm going to have to like, go through all these areas again and uh like it was good it was uh they they like build to there wasn't a ton of like cheap jump scares really like um it was just real creepy and it was just very effective it was like this is what i want i this is what i want the silent hill series to be i'm hoping they can get to that level again uh who knows i I don't even know what the deal is with konami these days but yeah um well, PT originated as a demo for a Silent Hill game. So Silent Hill game. Yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll see kind of what Konami comes out. I I, I wish that they could get on the same page. Now, um, now that and, said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but like that said, like I really like the way Village kind of broke that up because I don't know if I could play like a 11 12 plus hour game where the horror is like that intense all yes. the time like, no i agree <laughs> so i loved that it was like the self-contained you know area and then you're on to the next one you're shooting werewolves in the face and it's you're fighting a metal man like it's right it, i i it, the game is built like an amusement park like uh where you're kind of yeah. like in that hub world in the village which remind me a lot of resident evil 4 which i'm sure mm-hmm. was intentional um and uh again the game opens the game opens very similar to kind of resident evil 4 you're like you're like going to this village you're like what the hell is what's the deal with all this it's not exactly the same which i'm glad they didn't just try to do the exact same thing again because you go to the village and like nobody's there and you're like you're seeing all this fucked up shit everywhere and you're like what's going on um yeah that old man with a shotgun (laughs) yeah and then it leads to that big giant with the hammer and Mm -hmm. like kind of chasing you off uh so i was like I thought that was really like interesting um, way to start the game. And you're just kind of like, why am I like in, why is there a castle? Why am I suddenly in Transylvania? Like just, it's so like weird, like going from, cause I played seven right before going into eight. So I'm like playing these back to back and it's just like being the same character and the character's just like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> like, yeah. The inner going, monologue, the inner monologue of Ethan Winters is, is a delight in this game too. Yeah. Um, it was, it's a couple of there's a couple of lines that he says that are just like like you at one point like somebody like like dies he's like why does everyone keep dying (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's he's a huge dumbass um but uh yeah i know i i think eight is like one of the 
best, like most well-paced games out of all of them, maybe yeah. since the two remake, maybe probably better paced than two, I would say. Just it's like an amusement park. You you start off in that village, it's like a hub world. You got your you kind of go into that castle, like you said, and it's it's similar to the 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 Baker family where you're running away from the the daughters and uh and and the main villain and then yeah. uh uh, but you're never in it too long. Like even if you're not a big fan of that, like hide and seek type of gameplay, which no, no, I mean, it's what, not what my favorite. Think, like an hour, an hour and or so in, yeah. in castle. It wasn't, it wasn't overdone. Yeah, and I, I thought the like interior just looks, it looks so good on, oh yeah, on PC and next gen consoles. Like just the way it, everything looks, because it's such like a disconnect from seven, where everything is like you know deteriorating like right. old creepy house and now this is like you're in this like beautiful castle everything's <laughs> glistening and stuff and, now, and then you go into the basement and stuff but uh right. yeah it's and then uh i think the third the third one where it's like kind of that swamp was probably yeah, the, the fish least person memorable yeah. yeah that was like the least memorable but what, what was cool is it wasn't a super long dungeon like really no, like you're kind wasn't. of in that cave for a, a hot cup of coffee and then you're like almost immediately in that boss fight um, not too, not too long after that. Um, and yeah, I really liked the, uh, the kind of like cyber goth, <laughs> not yeah. like, or I guess it not, that's not even the right word. It, it reminded me of like being in quake or something. Like, yeah. It almost reminded yeah. me of like doom three. It reminded yes. me of doom three playing in the, uh, Heisenberg factory, like, um, or like those, uh, those or chainsaw like, guys were pretty intense. Um, yeah. And, and definitely used like your shotgun ammo, like crazy. Um, totally. It, yeah. No, I mean, everything, like you said, it flows really well. It, it doesn't, you don't overstay your welcome with anything. Right. Right. Um, even like the beginning, before you even get into Jim Dimitrescu's castle, you have some, some villagers that you find and then, you know, one guy starts to turn and it starts a fire in the house and every, you know, shit just goes crazy. And, you know, it's, there's, there's a human element to it uh, with Ethan and, and having him just kind of have that inner dialogue. Um, one similarity to four that I did want to bring up um, was that we do have a merchant in this game, uh, the Duke. Um, and I, I found the Duke to be a pretty interesting character um, he's more important to the story than the Resident Evil 4 merchant. You don't really ever find out what his whole deal was. Um, I thought he was Leon at first. <laughs> like, I thought that was like the big reveal that Leon just suddenly got fat and like these lists because he kind of looks like him a little bit. And I thought that was going to be like the reveal, like, but maybe that's just a dumb th fan theory. But then I Googled it yeah. and nobody thinks that. So maybe I'm. <laughs> maybe it's <laughs> just you. Yeah, I, I never yeah. had that thought either, but that's okay. That's, <laughs> it, they leave it open to our interpretation about who the Duke actually is. Uh, and also what actually happens to the Duke, we don't know. Um, so it's, it's, yeah. it's an interesting uh, shot mechanic. Um, and then there's also like you can get some permanent boost if you like do some hunting. Um, which I didn't realize yeah. I could do that. I accidentally sold some fish early on, so I couldn't like max out my stats. Can you not buy them back? You can. I, I, I read about that um, before. I was uh, that was one of the things I heard about the game. Like, hey, don't sell any of your. Yeah, don't <laughs> your sell your hunting stuff. I found that out the hard way. Um, yeah. Because you cannot. It's the only items that you can't buy back. The, it's real dumb. Like, it's real dumb that they don't tell you that or whatever. Right. But. 
or let you uh, buy it back. Like I, I would have yeah. bought it back at a premium because like one of the things that I, uh, I screwed up was that, you know, um, I was unable to uh, walk faster or movement faster. So. Yeah. I don't think I ever did that one either um, with the fish, but whatever, it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. But yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it was a cool system. I just, I hope that in, uh, in nine, it's a little bit more ironed out um, and they don't, you know, make you <laughs> sell your hunting uh, items into the void. Yeah. It reminded me about, um, it reminded me of uh, some of the far cry hunting stuff. Um, just a very, very like light version of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, no, that's, that's, that's a good, that's a good comparison. Certainly. Um, I, I guess the difference is there's a limited far cry. It's all kind of like, you might see a, a wildebeest spawn over here and you can get whatever materials and here it's like, there's specific locations or whatever. Um, right. So and they do not it. come back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's strange. It, it, like I said, it, it's, it's something new that they tried. Um, they're trying to, you know, kind of change up their systems a little bit, add some progression. Um, I did find like, there was like a throwaway line early on in the game where like Ethan's talking about how he got training from Chris Redfield in case, you know, somebody ever came after them. And then next yeah, thing you know, know, he's know still why. moving like painfully slow. Yeah. He's, he's so <laughs> slow moving. Like, I guess we're supposed to know like, Oh, he's got training now. That's how he knows how to like shoot better than, you know, he did in the, but I don't think that that was a problem in the, in the last game. So I don't know. It was a weird uh, throwaway yeah. thing. And, and then, you know, now he can't sprint unless he you know eats a special fish dish made by the Duke. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah you're not really supposed to think about that stuff too hard it's, i know uh, but i i have to you know <laughs> resident evil is a video game ass video game like it no um, it definitely it's, is it's what i like about i really like that about that series it doesn't take itself too seriously even in seven where it's like when they're like kind of you know leaning more into i guess realistic quote-unquote uh horror and and things they it was still some resident evil ass shit by the end of right, the game right uh it's <laughs> they like they just can't help themselves they have to yeah. go full capcom at some point oh, um, i love it and it's yeah it. it's, it's it's what makes them unique right and in the same way i mean silent hill would always go full silent hill um mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i think that's i mean we talked about uh, most of what uh has kind of gone on with with village and what you know the ethan winters uh thing and and we'll see kind of what happens uh with uh i believe is, is the kid's name rose yes yes okay so we'll see what happens yeah. uh you know with, with rose and and potentially uh you know the uh the rest of the gang uh you know redfield is obviously still involved um mm -hmm. and we'll see kind of how it goes from there um but just you know kind of a, like an overall uh you know how many uh how many zombies out of 10 would you give this one? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm so bad at like rating things on a scale like that. Cause there's just so much, I, I, here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll tell it's probably, it's probably my third favorite in terms okay. of experience. I liked eight better than seven. I think okay. so, I've read, I'll, I see why some people would put seven above eight um in terms of like it's it's a more cohesive cohesive in quotes if you actually look at the plot of that, that game it goes way off the rails but i guess in terms of like the location and and how it commits to its setting and everything yeah um 
So I can see why people like seven. Uh, I think eight is a better game. I think eight's just a more fun, better game to it personally. Um, but I'd probably put the two remake first, uh, four below that, then eight, then seven, then probably the one remake below that. And then the rest of the games, whatever, you can take your pick. Yeah, but, right. I mean, um, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to argue with that list, uh, certainly. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm going. Uh, I'm going to go uh, eight zombies since it's Resident Evil eight. Okay, yeah. I'll eight, you eight know what? I'll, I'll go. I'll go eight zombies as well. That makes <laughs> that makes sense. Now, real quick, before we yeah. wrap things up here, do you think they go back to this kind of schedule where instead of jumping right into nine, they go for another remake, whether it be a Code Veronica remake, which we kind of touched on early on, uh, or or going right to four. I think they should do. I think they should do Code Veronica because four is very playable hey, on modern consoles. Yeah, four PC. is four is really available too. Like that's right. the other thing, right? Like four also has had some HD remaster stuff for the you know, like virtual consoles, just like you know cleaning up you know some sh- some cells here, some cells there. Not like a yeah. full overhaul remake. Um, Code Veronica is pretty tough to play. Like, it, yeah, it, it's very the original controls. You can't really remaster a PS2 Dreamcast game, right? I mean, it's it, it's very right. hard. Um, there, some people have done a pretty decent job of it. Um, Square does a pretty good job with like, their PS2 era, um, like Final Fantasy games. But other than that, like I haven't seen PS2 games right. really. But those games had high end graphics to begin with for the era. Like Code Veronica was was kind of you know blocky still back in those days. Right. I also don't think four needs a full on remake because the way that game, it still plays fairly modern. Right. And you don't really need to, whereas you could go back to a code Veronica and you could, you could change things up with the story with, you know, because the, uh, with the cutscenes, you could kind of add things, take things away. I don't know if you really need to do that with four too much. Um, no, I don't think you do. Yeah. And, and because and, to your point, even like the cutscenes in four still hold up. I, I don't yeah. like, I don't watch them and go, Ugh. you know, like <laughs> this game right. that you from the, from especially from the GameCube era and that GameCube PS2 Xbox um, era where you're like, Oh, that's, that's what we were playing. But no, right. these, well, I mean the GameCube visuals uh, there, excuse me. Yeah. The GameCube visuals um, and the PS2 visuals still hold up for four. Certainly. Right. Whereas if you play like the two remake versus like two on PS2 or, or I'm sorry, PS1 or N64 is where you play. (laughs) Like, like they're like completely different games. Like it's not like they just took a filter and made, made the graphics better. Like they like wholesale completely redid everything. And I don't think, I think people would probably be upset if you did that with four, right? Like I agree. It'd be like people for such a beloved game. um, Whereas, uh, two, there's a lot of room for interpretation because it was just they're working with PS1 limitations, um, right? And, but... and, and or 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 porting to 64 limitations. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that I port mean... is. In, I will go on record and say that I, I should try playing that just because that port is. It's very impressive that they were even able to pull that off. Like yeah, that's insane. In, in, a, in an era where. Nintendo started to take hits from third-party developers for using cartridges. It was interesting to see that they were, they I believe they also ported Nemesis to the 64 as well, but it's a much really? harder cartridge to find um, because they did not make huh. many of them. But even then, Resident Evil 2, the Resident Evil 2 cartridges for 64 
are still like you pay basically what you paid full retail for back in like 97 98 for him um, holy cow which is insane i i, I want to say the last time i saw a nemesis cartridge no it was a nemesis remake for gamecube uh that uh, that port it was just a straight port for the gamecube that i saw right because when and, um and when zero and digits. when the remake and zero came out didn't they do like a like two almost and three like also the, uh, almost yeah. like a zelda master quest situation where they had one of those mini discs with the with two with, and three like on it. with two and three on it yeah okay. yeah I, um, I think that's what it was uh, you know, the corrections department will issue a statement, uh, if that's not the case. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, resident evil, uh, it's a great series. Uh, village is fresh on our minds cause we just finished it. So it was a good kind of, uh, first foray into the 8-bit suplex video game review podcast. I, I think to talk about this series, uh, to talk about this game, uh, there's, there's certainly more games to talk about, uh, more games that I've finished. I'm, I've finished more games already this year, I think, than I did all of last year. Um, what are you playing I'm, right now? Uh, so right now, uh, I, I mentioned it uh, briefly earlier. I'm playing through uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. That's right. Yeah. Um, really, if you're a fan of Ratchet and Clank, uh, definitely check it out. Or if you're just a fan of platformers um, in general, it's really good. Um, and then I'm also uh, playing through Dragon Quest XI because uh, I didn't play through that one. Um, nice. And then I oh, that's another one. oh, and I did pick up uh, on sale. I picked up the uh, Square Enix Avengers game. Um, I have mixed thoughts about it, uh, but you know maybe I'll hold that, hold on to that until I finish it and, and do a quick review with that. But I'm staring in the face of all three Hitman games for $150 on PC <laughs> <laughs> because I I fucked up and played. I have the first Hitman on PS2. I'm sorry, not PS2, uh, PS4. Right. I've got this fan since December. I have this fancy new 3080 card and i want to play everything on pc now but i don't have i I don't want to just jump right into hitman 3 without having all of the because the way hitman's built like you can bring in all those old maps with all the new features and and graphics and stuff yeah worth it you're talking about the the rebooted uh square enix uh hitman they're amazing yeah yeah i i i've I've only played the first one i've been meaning to get to hitman 2 i just haven't gotten a chance and now three's out and you can but the way they built it i don't i don't know how much you've gone into it but i haven't they built is uh the first one was like an episodic type of thing where Mm -hmm. it's like every map was like uh, every month they put out a new map and then by the end of the season or whatever they released the the full Hitman One game, and two was done. I think two was basically like just the full ass like here's all the maps like as a game. But because they built like the, the because they built that system like on the back end, they're able to like make all these things kind of talk to each other. Like we're gonna co- we're gonna be constantly adding new content and stuff. Yeah. So it's like it's like an engine that's very like iterative. So what's cool is with this third one with all of the new features and stuff that they've added, you can bring in all the maps from one and two and like play it as like one cohesive experience with like all of the features from three going That's pretty awesome. retroactively going back into one and two. And yeah, if you haven't played those games, they're incredible. They're so good. Um, I think I have like the first episode of the first one, whatever. I think it was like a PlayStation plus uh free yeah. thing that i added to my library right I, I even if i'm not interested in the game right then i'll add it from the it's, library because i'm it, always going to have playstation plus um yeah. so i i definitely at some point i'm going to definitely get into those yeah and uh now's the <laughs> because i um the because they've changed publishers and distribution models and stuff like 
between one and two, I think they were, a, it was a square Eidos game. And now it's, uh, I, I think it's on just, I don't even know. I think they're self-published now. Like, um, so like, because of that, there's all this weird licensing stuff and it's, it's, it's difficult. Like they own the rights to all the IP, but because like, like you can get one on steam, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, you can get one and two on steam, but not three. So it's like weird. So, yeah, it's it is. Really IO Interactive is who is the, the developer and they did publish three. Um, okay. So I believe two was published by Square Enix. That sounds right. Yeah. No, actually, but sorry. A, it's Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. Warner. Okay. Okay. So yeah, like because of that, like all, and because like <laughs> it's every, so like the, the, the long and short of it is yeah. if I, if I had bought this on, if I was doing this on console, I could get the first game, probably like dirt, the first two games, like dirt cheap and then just buy three and they would all work together. Right. Um, because you have like the physical discs because I'm doing it all on PC. They've artificially like jacked up all the prices on, <laughs> on all three games. So you, if you want to do that, uh, if you want, like, like I could get it on steam for like $10, but it wouldn't work with three because it's different. It's, it's, it's a mess, but. Well, Jamie, maybe I'm, what we need to do is, is you and I need to, to play some Hitman, and we'll, we'll get back on oh, and, and maybe do another, uh, you know, maybe we'll, uh, throw together an 8-bit suplex stream of playing hitman or you know at the very least a uh, game do a review uh pod uh at some point of the hitman series um but yeah i mean that's uh that kind of puts a button on uh, what we're talking about today uh you know tune in uh, next time and uh jamie uh, anytime uh, you finish a game you want to talk about it, let's hop on yeah absolutely we got to do we got to get to metal gear at some point that's got to that's, that's got to be in the list <laughs> That, we might need a few episodes. On I was going to say, we might need to do a multi-part uh, breakdown <laughs> on Metal Gear. Um, I will point out uh, that Metal Gear 5, I think, is on extreme Eight. sale right now um, yes. on, on the PlayStation Store for like $9. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it might be worth you need back James. To you that. need to get James in for Metal Gear Solid 1. I, I'm in. I Listen, I, James always has an open door. He hasn't used it yet. That's, that's a topic for another time. But uh, yeah, whenever you want to pick up the pick up the sticks on anything, you know, just give a holler and, uh, you know, we'll see you next time uh, here on the 8-Bit Suplex uh, podcast as part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Make sure to check out all of our shows, including Keeping a Strong Style, All Things Elite, One Nation Radio, uh, The Great Match Generator, Grave Consequences, uh, and I think we got a couple others that are on break, uh, but definitely make sure that you head over to prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex and pick up your favorite podcast shirt today. Uh, Jamie, you have any uh, social media plugs, anything you want to throw out? Oh, absolutely not. No. Sounds good. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at 8 suplex. <laughs> Follow the social suplex uh, podcast network at social suplex. Um, and until next time, uh, I guess, uh, you know, hit that continue button. Thank you for listening to 8 Bucks Suplex Podcast. See you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.